I'm pulling up the discussion points from. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode number four of Between Two Sheets. Uh, we're back for another week for all of our listeners out there. I got it right this time. Nailed it. Uh, Nolan Axton here with you once again. I got Wes Mason, and I, Wes, guess who's here? I don't know if the people are going to be happy. Did but you bring your dog today? Is that I, the, Lucy did make an appearance. She's hanging around the curling club. Uh, but guess who else we got? Do you want to you want to announce it? <laughs> Clay's here. I mean, he's back. I'm happy to be the fourth. Uh, oh, you did uh, do the sound effect. The fourth one mentioned. Of oh course. God. Yeah. Welcome back, Clay. We were uh, a little sad not to have you here last time. Um, Turns out, not your fault. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, I did spend a good three hours with Verizon on the phone trying to figure out why I wasn't receiving group messages. What bad karma did you do to earn that punishment? I, it, this is not the first time. It's, <laughs> it's, I mean, the the amount of self-restraint I had to exercise to not mention to Verizon when I was on hold for all that time talking with various bots that, look, I'm important. My billing rate's very high. I, I need to go record for the most popular curling podcast in North Dakota. We didn't look into it, but we I still think that's it. true. I, I, think I think it's fairly accurate. I think that's a safe bet. Yeah. So I guess I, I'm going to say sorry because we were a little rough on you to start the start episode three. So I apologize, but we're glad you're back. Oh, thank you, thank you. Uh, good, good episode last week. I know we were kind of turning it into a two part episode. Uh, we were talking about team roles. Yes. Skip through lead, yep. and we were going to move into a little bit of hand signals here. Uh, this week we'll get into that. Uh, one thing I did want to mention too, because obviously the weather has been absolutely awful this this last few days here. Kudos to the curling club and all its members for coming out and keeping the keeping the rink alive for the week during the snowmageddon. We're yeah, having. we didn't we didn't cancel a night. We did have the Tuesday night rental bailed on us, but uh, that was an Air Force group, and it's a lot of Southerners there, so yeah. that was probably for the best keeping and, them off the road. And yeah, eighty three wasn't the greatest, so no. that's fair. But yeah, uh, high five to all the members out there that came in and. We're able to curl over the week, so that that was fun to see. That uh, you can't stop a curler; it doesn't matter what's going on out there. Yeah, it's cold in here. It's cold out there. Like I don't know, it's all the same. Yeah, you know? it's actually warmer in here. Yeah. There's no wind in here. Yeah, yeah, no wind in here. No snow blowing in your face. Then yeah. you get to go home and snow blow your way into your, into your garage. Yeah. yeah, that's always the worst. You got to shovel <laughs> in. <laughs> right. Yeah, shovel in just so you don't have to clean the car off in the morning. Uh, so, any recaps from last week? I know um, one thing I was going to say. It probably sounded like I made curling sound like a male-only sport. When I was talking about the skip saying he all the time, curling's for everybody, men, women, children, old people, young people, curling is for everybody. So that's my correction from last week. Wes, do you got anything? No, we nailed it. Yeah. Clay, anything? I mean, there's oh, one thing you might've been missing, but we'll skip that. For now. Well, Lucy wasn't here. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. So I, we might as well get into it fairly quick. Cause we did jabber a little bit longer than we planned last week as well. So, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about hand signals, broom signals, just how to communicate on the ice non-verbally because it can get fairly loud in a curling rink, especially ours in particular. Yeah, all brick walls, wood ceiling, steel poles. Yep. Little little echoey out there. So, yeah. um, well, who wants to lead us off then? Uh, I, I did the intro, so I, I can hand it off to one of you guys if you want to kind of chat a little bit about how you communicate with your team on the ice. Take it off, Wes. Okay. Um, well, I guess uh, simplest shots first, right? Um, dressing for a guard. You know, I uh, I just tap literally where I want the guard to end up. I take the broom, pad down, and then I give them the offset, put my broom handle straight up and down, right in front of me, stick the appropriate arm out if I think that they need to be reminded which way to curl it, and uh, let her rip. 
right? I mean, I, I anybody I, do a guard different? That's, that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. I, think, I don't think there's any debate on a guard. When, when it comes to throwing a guard shot, yeah, you, you definitely, like you said, you tap the ice where you want the rock to come to a rest, mm-hmm. and then the room is the shooting point, your aiming point. Um, I know we have a little discrepancy on how we hold our arms out, but we got into that already. We're not going to go back into it uh, to each their own. I think everybody's pretty happy on how they learned how to do that. Just communicate it beforehand with your team. Now, to complicate that, though, let's say you're going out there. It's the first draw of the night. You look over on the sheet next to you that got started a couple minutes before you because their players show up on time and yours never do. Um, and you notice that, oh, geez, it's, it's pretty slow over there. And now you want your lead to throw a heavier guard than they typically do because now you've got to read on the ice. How do you tell them to throw hard guard? How do you how do you tell somebody to throw it harder than they normally would for mm-hmm. that shot? That's, that's a tough thing to do, and I, I don't know if there's a proper way to do it. I know there's probably a standard, a curling standard way of doing it. I, uh, I, I can tell you what leg. I do. I pat my leg, but I know that is not universally does accepted. That, does that tie into a thing later with how you gesture overall speed on your body, or is that just, it, that's it, just your signal? It almost conflicts, but generally when <laughs> it's... It's actually the opposite. <laughs> There's hand signals for everything. For me, when I when I want to tell somebody to give it a little extra, I want them to give it more leg, I'll pat my leg. Oh, so for you, there's a pun on it. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll just say mine since no one's asking me. Um, <laughs> I, I, I hold my arm up like I'm flexing. So it's like you're flexing your bicep, and I'm like strong. So I want it strong. Sweep harder. I got it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, typically, like when I skip, um, it, it's a lot like when I would catch for baseball. I just, you want the ball up, I'm going to do one of these. Just give you a little... Give me a little more on this draw shot. It's like you're be... like you're lifting something because they can't like see your hand. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. up yeah. It a, up it a little uh, bit. Uh, I guess you could you could shout down heavy draw or something like that, but yeah, more or less. <laughs> the point here is that unless you're unless you're yelling off or yes, you can't really hear anything here with all the shouting going. on. Right. Yeah. You just listen for those keywords. So well, you're yeah. li- you're you're listening for a pitch and the tone. Yeah. Right? It's right. like that's that's my skip's voice. Okay. And it always sucks when there's someone two sheets away who has a with similar the sounding voice. voice and they keep stopping, sweeping. And you're like, I was telling you. I, I I got reamed out by my team last year. Yeah. Uh, what, what I think you were you were very. Um, I, I'm a woe and go kind of guy. Yeah, and something about <laughs> woe and go when you're sweeping with another team yelling next to you is a little yeah, difficult. Yeah, you can't really hear. And I, I, I thought I, you I, said, go, bo, go. Go, no, bo, I go. was saying, no, bo, no. <laughs> Duke's a hazard reference. I like that. Yes. Well done. Um, okay, so we, we talked the soft shot. Obviously, yeah, you're, you're going to point where you want the rock to come to a rest. Uh, when it comes to upweight, anything specific you guys like to do, or is this kind of a curling standard as well, I would Are say? Are you just talking draw when you say upweight? Oh, takeout shot. Sorry. Upweight. Oh, oh. The gesture with the broom, like as if you're sweeping it back out of the house in a particular direction. Yeah, I think I've, that's pretty common. I've never seen anybody do a draw different, I guess. Or, I mean, I've seen people who... On, on, seen, a takeout, on a takeout. takeout. We moved to oh, takeout. Oh, sorry. sorry take I meant, yeah, I meant takeout. I meant takeout. Yeah, I've never seen anybody gesture a takeout differently than like a broom lift. Yeah. Uh, um, tap the rock. Tap the rock. Sweep it back in the air. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's pretty universal. Yeah. Like, yeah. Even even there though, you're coming up with it. Yeah. 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 And when it comes to like a even a hit and roll, you're gonna tap the rock and then place like where you want your feet rock. over at now, your rock to roll on. Now over. we're gonna get in the hit and roll. I, I I very specifically tap my broom like right dead center middle where I want to put that rock and I'll, I have a thing for that too. Um, but then I make sure I literally roll the broom off. So it's like it's very obvious that like I want you to roll this way, you know. Um I like that. Yeah. yeah, that's a that's I've never so done does that it, one. Does a somersault? That no, makes like, sense. Yeah, roll on over. Yeah, yeah. fair. Um, 
And then you were bringing up something else, too. You mentioned you had another Oh, well, on this well for takeouts. Like, um, let's say you've curled together a while, and you have a team that can not only reliably hit a takeout, but can usually get it within a couple inches of, of where you want to. And, and we're not talking, like, I, every time, right? But there's a reasonable chance that they're going to hit where they're aiming. Well, now it's all you're looking for that leave and that roll. And where's that? You know, are you doing a, a takeout raise or a double takeout? And so How then you need to tell them exactly where on that rock I want you to end up. Because, yeah, you're putting your broom there and they're trusting them. But I think the player knowing where they want to strike also helps. Um, and so I do my body like a clock face. So if I stick my right arm out, you know, that's all the way over at either three or nine, depending on which side you're looking at me. And that means all the way on the for the shooter left side of the rock, right? Um, and then if it's straight up above me, that means like directly in the middle, right on the nose, it knows, yeah. other side, all the way out, you know, that's all the way on the edge there. And then I'll do anything in between. Like maybe I'll put my arm at two o'clock. I'm like, well, I want you to just get a little piece of it or one, you know, a little bit off center. Um, and I like that. It's just a quick way. Like, Hey, I want you to hit it like, about mid here, you know, and then you have to talk about that before, yeah. like sticking yeah, your yeah, arm yeah. out there. You're never going to know what I'm saying. But. I think we usually just tap where on the rock. Well, that, and those are a little bit uh, more of a vocal cue. That's a little bit yeah. easier, like, like a whoa or a go. Yeah. Um, you just holler nose or three yeah. quarters or half, like something like that, um, where you're not saying a sentence of what you want to happen, but uh, a hand signal like that. Yeah. yeah if you, like good. you said, if you chat with your team about it beforehand or, or you know the team that you curl with quite well, yep. that's an awesome system for a loud ring. Yeah. And like I have my broom too, you know, like roughly where I want it, right? So like those things should line up. Like they'll see so, my broom on the left side. They'll see me stick that arm out on the same side at some angle and they'll be like, yep, they wants me to hit it like quarter of the way through the rock or halfway or three quarter. I, All right. I think the one a little more heavily contested here is you're throwing, at, you're tapping. You want to tap it back and you want to indicate to who's throwing how hard, how far you want it to go. What's your system there? Between like 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 full takeout or like bumper weight or something yep, like that? Yep, where you want the rock to end up, but if you're tapping it back, how do you indicate hack? How do you indicate? On my team, we have a pretty universal one. We just call it bump weight, you know, and I, I, I gesture that by actually like sticking my butt out like a dancer and then smacking <laughs> it. So I'm like, I want you to bump, you know, which I think a lot of people would call that like bumper weight. You know, usually, like, I want it to move, you know, maybe, like, 10 feet. But keep it in play. what like, you're doing on the sheets over there. Yes. That makes yes, sense. Yeah. If you're ever at the Minot Curling now. Club and uh, Wes is skipping. Doing it for the dollar. Bring your dollar bills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next on the stage, on the stage, Wesley Mason. Well, that gets into, <laughs> we're going to get all the dirty ones out. Um, how do you call a takeout where two rocks are almost touching each other and you want to put your takeout rock right in the middle so it stalls and then the other two fly out? How do you gesture a crotch shot is what I'm shot. asking. Oh. The legs wide open. No, yeah, no just... you, you, you go with your... with Like a bomb exploding. Like a he bomb has his exploding. hands together and he's thinking about... I have my this. hands together. It's like a bomb exploding. <laughs> I, I know how I do it. I want to hear how Wes does it, though. Just yeah. how we're getting there. I grab my crotch. Yeah. That's... I call a crotch shot. I do the takeout lift and then I just grab that's, it. That's a dead giveaway. Yep. yep. Oh, fair enough. Uh, keep I, the dollars yeah. coming. Keep them coming. It all goes to a good cause. Uh, yeah, it's gotta be fun, you know. Yeah. Have fun out there. Um, as far as I guess we we kind of got out of order here. I was just looking at some notes that we have that that West Oh offers. well, these are our reference notes for how uh, um, regular people do it. Yeah. Well, and I was just going down from draw, takeout, hit and roll. We already talked touched on that. Uh, the freeze, though. So that's that's we talked about it being an underutilized shot. It's a hard shot. It's a very hard. It's shot. a very yes. hard shot to make. I mean, so you guys asked, I mean, in all honesty, something that you guys t um, talked about was uh, um, 
responsibilities of, of your team members. And I think the, the one thing important for the skip in the third that may not have been mentioned yesterday is knowing the capabilities of your teammates. Knowing, and the freeze is a perfect example here because I find that to be a very hard shot. One that's yeah. extremely useful if we know how to Super do it. Super useful. It's just it's very hard to execute one hundred percent. It's essentially saying, every time. "Hey, can you draw the button if the button's anywhere on the sheet?" Yeah, like, pretty yeah, much. Can you yeah. Put it exactly. <laughs> Hit a one here. foot circle. Yeah, <laughs> with a one foot rock. It's it's exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a great shot to to have. Yeah, when advantage. you when you pull it out and get it, you're like, "Well, good luck." Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I'll try for out. the freeze, but. <laughs> Things could go wrong. Yeah. And having that plan B in mind for your for I your had an in your awful game my Wednesday league night. And, uh, yeah, I tried uh, a free shot like twice myself and missed both times. I was short. but yeah. I missed two easy takeouts, so don't feel that bad. I didn't miss a single shot, but I was also blowing my driveway, so I was not here for the Wednesday night game. Well, I know, So right? you complimented everybody else on showing up for their games, and then you well, was down on the winner? It's, it's a kudos to my team for being here. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. We, we have a five-person team because we know how, how unreliable we all are. Yeah. yeah. yeah I have a five-person team, too, and uh, all five of us showed up, and there was a fight for who was sitting out. <laughs> <laughs> Hoops has a herniated disc, and he lost, so he was out there sweeping. <laughs> um, so back, back to the freeze shot. How do you, I know how I like to motion for it. Um. I'll just take this one head on, I guess. It, it's a lot like a draw shot. You're just going to tap in front of the stone because that's where you want the stone to come to rest. I think, that's, it's a combination I think that's of a takeout and a, and a draw. I, so. I, I exaggerate the tap. So it's like I'll tap so they know, like, bring your broom around like I'm calling a draw shot, which we, we kind of skipped over. But, you know, when I do a draw, like, hey, you want to follow this path? And I gesture with my broom, and then I set it where I want it to freeze, and then I pick it up, and I do a big tap down, and then I hold. You know, so I'm like, I want you to freeze here. Like, tap hold tap hold you know like stop don't touch the other one don't hit you know? it just lock Watch it right on right there Fair. yeah um another thing i guess when you guys are skipping where do you like to hold your broom when you're calling a shot uh in how high how high yeah how in high? reference to to the circles if you're coming in behind a series of guards yep and that's in you're holding your broom where you want them to aim it. Are you going up ahead of the guards so they can see your broom head on? Oh. Or is that messing with your angle? And do, you, do you just let them see the stick? I've done it a number of different ways. Typically, I stand roughly where I want the rock to come to an end, right? So I'm back there, back where the rock is going to be finishing. And a lot of that has to do, too, with, like, calling a line. Like, if you're up there in front of the guards and they throw, well, now you've got to take, like, 20 steps back to get a decent read on that line. Yeah. And so I don't want to be up there in the first place. You know, most of them, like, that's why I specifically get brightly colored broom heads. You know, I only get, like, orange or, like, a neon green or something so people can see it above that little bit of rock, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, in certain cases, you're not going to be able to see the broom head and if you have enough guards up there. Yeah. But I'm still in agreement your, I like holding it back where you want it to end up, as opposed to going up ahead of the rocks because it throws off the angles far, and then you got to hop around rocks going back. So I've actually encouraged some people who were getting into skipping, like as their first year skipping, or they're they're subbing in and doing it. And I've actually recommended to a lot of people, like, hey, why don't this game call every single one of your shots from the T line because that's going to make you more consistent on reading the amount of curl in the ice because, you know, the rock is I don't know if you throw it less, it's going to curl less, you know, but they still curl quite a bit, you know, from the difference of the hog line to the, um, to the, the T line, pardon me. Um, and so I said, like, call them all from back here. That way, like, you know, just say the ice is doing two feet or a foot and a half, then you can consistently gauge, you know, the distance over because you're judging on this 
um, T line, you know, with the circles there as nice reference points, like where do you want it to end up if you're trying to even like place a guard and stuff. Um, but there that flies in the face of like standby where you want it to come to rest. But, you know, some people do that. I've encouraged some people who are learning to do it. Um, yeah, see, do whatever works. I'm, I'm a firm believer of calling all shots outside of takeouts and peels and things like that um, from the T line. Yeah, there. Because that, yep. that, not only are you going to be able, you don't have a dozen rocks to jump over. Yep. If yep. you're trying to read line. Uh, it also gives your shooter the same depth perception on every single shot. Not that it's changing a whole lot if you're calling a guard and you're mm-hmm. a foot above the 12 foot holding your broom there. It's not going to change a lot, but it, it's enough that the rock might not end where you actually wanted it to end. So uh, that's that's why I like to call every shot from the T line as yeah. a skip. Yeah. And I would say it's valid. You know, one interesting one, one thing that I, I guess just starting with a fairly new team as we all learn the, we all learn the sport, um, starting skipping, one of the things I noticed that changed as we got a little better at sliding out is where you're holding your broom, how much ice you give is actually largely dependent per player if you have players. And you know what I mean? When, when certain players only can slide out so far, they're releasing the rock well before the yeah line. like top of the house or top something somebody house. does like a farmer's slide on the exactly yeah. they're they're wearing jeans and they don't want to tear them we got nice cowboy boots on exactly <laughs> that rock is gonna the path is gonna be much different than those who slide out all the way to the hog line you have to give them you have to compensate for that one or yeah, at least I would say those. Teammates. I would say those typically curl more because they just they have more, more time they on the ice to slide. You right, holding them straight. Um, yep, and so that's a good point. You know, and I, I'll be honest, I haven't really curled with anybody who I was like looking for that high level of accuracy out who like curled like that. Usually, when I curl with people who do like a farmer's delivery like that, where they're throwing from the T line or the top of the house, um, they're usually throwing lead for me. So it's like, hey, put a guard, and sure. I'm not worried too much. Like, oh, were you off six inches or a foot? Like, you got your guard out there. That's great, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's a great point. If I did, um, I would I would certainly have to compensate for that. Yeah. All right. Uh, as far as other things, other forms of communication, um, calling your weight. We talked about it a little bit. Uh, but as far as signals that you guys like to tell your team on what weight to throw, I know our team has their own little system. Soft, I, I know there's other... Soft, if you want it really soft. Like, like, we always talk about plan B. Like, what's your plan B? I mean, you're if you're out there skipping, whether it's skip or vice skip, you always want to know what happens if this goes wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't want to really screw up your entire end because you're trying to get one extra point out of this. So if you want to say error on the side of heavy or error on the side of light what are you saying Wes? let's say you want to err on the side of heavy what heavy, are you saying it goes back to i hold that arm up like you a flex like up. i want it strong you know do it heavier than uh you the typically light, would then right? this is yeah and this is all guesswork right because it's like i don't time rocks we don't have yeah. a standard one it's just we're playing a game you know what a normal draw is and i want it heavier than a normal draw and a lot of times i'm doing that because it's like we're out on the edge and i know it's slow yeah. um or you know i i think maybe they're gonna rack or something so yeah. yeah yeah and then for light you know i i do the i stick my hand out and i wave it kind of slowly you down like, like, yeah. yeah, like you're like, patting a dog calm down, or yeah, calm, calm down. down. That's yeah. that hand gesture. I'm like, I want it lighter, softer, you know. This is actually what I was talking about though when I was like, we need someone who knows what they're doing, and then we'd look at these rules. Um, because I knew that they did this. So if you're gesturing weight for you know people who do it uh, uh, air quotes right, um, you know, you, you tap it. Yep. So the first one after so it, 
you can call a guard by tapping there. You can call a draw by tapping there. You can call the back line by tapping there. Now, once you're past the back line, then you have a system for like, I want you to throw a rock this hard, you know, so it goes to the hack. So a hack weight. So yep, on a, a hack on a weight. These are, these are before takeout even though. So it's yep. like, I want you to do a hack weight. And so what they do is they lift their foot or like tap their down near their foot. And that says hack foot, you know? Yep. Um, and then for a, uh, a bumper shot, usually a board shot. So five, eight feet behind the hack, um, it's rub your belly or tap your belly. You know, that's middle of your body. So split the difference there and then uh, tapping your shoulders or your head i believe is what are they what do they have it references on here tapping your head and rubbing your belly would be what strike they call it a strike shot skip will touch a shoulder with their hand strike shot oh so that, that would be big weight sure. yeah but then I, I think that there's also like you know takeout weight right takeout weight would be slightly harder than a strike maybe you know that's one that comes to rest maybe 20 feet behind the hack and a takeout maybe go another 50 or something you know it all depends great um, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of the system we have on an, on our team is, uh, big weight is tap the side, uh, anything that's less than that when it comes to takeout shot control weight, we do chest, which would be like your bumper Here, weight. Actually, yeah. good point. What is control weight? What is control weight? Let's, let's I don't use the term. That. I'm, I'm, I'm showing my, my ignorance to, uh organized traditional professional currently. If, if I don't use throw, the phrase control weight. If, if you throw... And this would be for, for people to know what they're doing. If you throw a control weight shot, where would it end up if your sheet was, was longer? Would it, be at the, would it be at the boards? In my mind, a control weight shot is a very heavy takeout, right? Am I uh, on the same no, page no control weight would actually be a lighter takeout. It's a lighter takeout, um, but I don't know where it ends up, actually. Where, where you're still going to be look. able to control what the rock is doing. Obviously, on yeah. a takeout, you're letting her fly. Yeah. Uh, you still have some sort of control over the stone. You wouldn't be throwing it if you didn't. So there'd be okay. bumper weight, control weight, and then send it. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. But a little, little over bumper weight, probably, I would say at least. Yeah. But I mean, to me, like control like weight would, hack. would end up at the, at the backboard. Like, it's more than hack, but right around that. Yeah. And in my mind, I'm picturing like. 20, Control 30 feet, yeah. 30 to 40, 50, maybe up to 50 feet behind the, the, the back line or something. Yeah. And you, you watch Curlin on TV a lot too, and you'll hear him shout numbers one through 10. Yeah, um, I know that one, right? Because like the very, right behind the hog lines, like one and then um, two goes into what, mid of the guard zone. And then like three is top of the house and they have it like really segmented after that. Yeah, they um, got their sections of the ice. It's kind of like playing wiffle ball in a way almost. Yeah. Yeah. You hit it this far, it's a double. You hit it over the fence, it's a home run. Yeah. Uh, you just have your sections of the ice. So uh, I don't think I don't think we have any curlers here, and I apologize if I'm wrong because you're one of those curlers and you're listening. Um, I don't think we have anybody that really has that system down pat here. No, I, we have some curlers who time rocks and shout splits to each other. You know, they're like 23, 18, 13, you know, whatever okay, so short timing. time they're doing. Or hog we bring hog up timing or, here. That's a good point. We have we have a we have a good handful of curlers using timers, and yep. amongst people that are serious, it's it's universally performed. And whether or not we agree with timing and competition, which is one of my points here, we'll we'll get to that later because I'm definitely in the minority. But timing. What are you timing in between? What two lines? There's, um, there's so many ways there's, to do it. Yeah, Different there's so systems. many ways to do it. When when I do it, um, the only one that's really useful for me, I think, as a skip is like hog to hog because people slide out at different rates. So I don't like doing uh, what they call short time um, dog. Did we just disconnect me? No, nope, you're good. No, we still got you. You got okay. you. Um, yeah, so, so I don't... Um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there. 
Uh, we're talking about hog timing. To hog, hog to hog. Or, hog to hog. Or T to um, yep, tea yep. To hog. So, so the short time, you know, which I'd consider like slide out, maybe T line to hog. Um, you know, I, I don't, that's, there's too much variance in that for me, at least. I, I didn't try it very long. I just started doing hog to hog. And then, you know, I would start timing at the hog and then I might glance down. Like we have those nice benches and poles so you can tell where the middle of the ice is, like pretty mm-hmm. exactly. And so you do like a split off that. You know, you'd be like, okay, it took them nine seconds to get to the first bench. It's like that. It's one's going out the back. Definitely don't be sweeping it, whatever it was. Yep. I mean, it's another important one when you're talking. I mean, once again, roles and responsibilities, your, your lead, your second. One of the reasons you want to start at the, at least at the hog, is your pace. If you don't have a timer, you don't necessarily need one, but you better have your pace down, knowing how fast you're walking. Because as a skip, I find it damn near impossible to be able to tell how hard the rock is thrown until it's about halfway down the ice. I don't. Nope. I nope. can't. As soon as they let go, I'm usually. You, you know exactly what they're going to do. Not exactly, but I, I feel confident enough where I'm like, I don't really want to time anyways but like you know i usually have a pretty good idea and i'm, I'm wrong but uh I, i'm not wrong enough where i think it affects like but my confidence good, in calling sweeping you know like if i see someone come out i think they're slow i'll call sweep immediately to me like you're a good lead or a good lead a good second they're sweeping for you before like they know what to do before it's about the last quarter of the way, that's when your skip completely takes over or right. on the line. I mean, your skip's going to be calling line for a good your chunk of the time. Your skip's calling line. Um, you guys curl with some people who obviously care a little bit. <laughs> I, I carry a timer. I feel I'm a little targeted right now, I feel like, from my no, own I, teammate. It's against the spirit of curling. I'll say it. Um, <laughs> when, I'm you know, sweeping, I, I, when I'm sweeping, I can already tell how far it's going to go within the first like in a minute it's let go because of how fast I'm walking without the timer. But as a skip, I find it hard. I like, I, I like that. And you can do that with a timer or if you just know your own pace. So the nice thing about a timer, um, if you're timing from hack to hog, yeah, you, you get to know the weight, like almost dead on what you're, yeah. the shooter's throwing. Um, they come out, it's a four or five hack to hog. That's probably going to be a, a top 12 to T line shot. Right, it depends on where you want it. You're going to sweep it or not. Uh, gives you an idea how the ice is changing as well, especially if you're going hog to hog. Um, you're curling an eight end game, six end game. The ice is ever changing. The ice surface is Very always much. changing. A guard shot might be an 18 in the first end. It might be a 16 in the fourth end. Well, if you're throwing three ends of 18s and all of a sudden the ice just speeds up like that or slows down, it gets a little frosty. You might know what it's looking like when it comes out of their hand. But you're going to have an idea of what it's actually going to do when you have a time on it. Uh, So it's more or less just like stat keeping in your own brain. Yeah. Holding a timer. It's just just keeping up with the ice. I I do not. I'm not disagreeing that it's a very useful tool. It is. I I mean, it's just a matter of knowing how to use it and why you're doing it. Exactly. Yeah. It's it's know why you're doing it and make sure you're compensating accordingly. I mean, if, if you're not using it the right way. It's certainly a tool, but I I think for the usefulness to really shine on it, you have to have players who you can tell them, hey, I want you to throw a 14-second hog to hog, and that can kind of do it. Yeah, they know what Um, you mean. Because if you said that was, you know, a tenth of a second slower yeah i mean we're I mean, we're really i mean you're, you're you're drilling down in there and for me it's like i 
I typically don't expect that out of the people I'm curling with, you know, uh, maybe because we're just for fun or they're new or whatever it is, you know, or maybe I just don't, I'm not that competitive. Um, And so if I start timing, you know, I can't relay that to the people that are like, Hey, I want you to throw harder or softer is really about as much as like I try to get across. Um, I'm not trying to, you know, rain too much on my teammates, you know? Um, but like, that's, that's just what like we expect out of each other. Um, and so when we get down there, really the only thing timing splits for me is doing is like giving me a better idea about sweeping and not sweeping. And it gets back to, I'm fairly confident as soon as they let go to be calling sweep or not, like as it's coming down the ice, you know, and yeah, you leave some short, you actually make some go long, but yeah. yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you too. Like we're not in a situation where timing is going to be 100% accurate here either because one where we are curling with mm-hmm. some newer curlers like timing is great like you said yeah when you got a guy that can you say i want a 14 second hog the hog and they're gonna do it yeah um nobody that i really know is that no accurate on them even even myself and i like to brag about being a good curler i was one time in my life i'm not so much anymore I'm not after this last Wednesday. So you're never going to have the same release. You're never going to have the same kick out of the hack. We just don't throw enough stones for it to really be 100% of a accurate tool here. Mm-hmm. But in the long run, I mean, if we, if we threw 10,000 stones a year, yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It's fantastic. Um, yeah. And I would say like, since we got on the, the, the topic there and I was chirping about like not in the spirit of curling, like I, I really don't care if people oh, want no. the time I, or not. No, you know? only a little I mean, hurt. I think, <laughs> I think, I think for me, you know, it's like, yeah, I'm not that competitive just here for fun. You know? And I, I think when I start timing rocks, you know, it's like, I, I spend a lot of the game focusing on that and uh, I'm like, well, I'd rather just like see what my players are doing, feel for the ice. You know, it, it keeps really? me, it keeps me more engaged. The not. only point I was like, it, when you throw lead, which I did for many years before I, I started skipping or anything else, it gets a little boring because you get your shots out of the way and then you're just sweeping the rest of the game. Yeah. Like what's one yeah. thing that you know you can concentrate on from that is knowing the minute that that's released exactly how where that rock is going to end up at the end. You're the first person that sees it. You're going to see the most consecutive shots. Well, I, 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 I at this point can sweep right away minus the line. Yeah. And I, I don't think that's necessarily because of, the rock speed itself, I think you're probably gauging it off of the shooter speed, how fast they're coming out of the hack. Exactly. That's what yeah. gives you that feel. Yeah, I get. I agree or with that. Or how fast the rock's moving, and you can use a timer. You don't have yeah, to. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I've done my share of sweeping, and yeah, I would agree. Um, if I'm sweeping and as, if they come out, I can, you can tell when they kick out. You're like, this is yeah. going to be slow unless they give it a bunch of arm, and then yeah. you're, you're on it right away. Yeah. Um, yeah, 100%. Yep. All right. Well, that uh, wasn't really a signal. By no means. Oh my god, we went over topic. thirty minutes again. There god, it is. Darn it. Okay. <laughs> um, do we have any other signals we want to want to get to here? Uh, I want to do the bat signal, um, sure. and I'm just thinking like club updates. Clay, we didn't do those in the start. Do we have any um, to share? Like registration went well. I know there's some stragglers. If you haven't paid your dues yet, uh, please go pay so, your dues. I mean, I, I doubt that anybody listening to the podcast hasn't figured this out yet. But once you if not only do you have to pay, you have to individually register for the Minor Curling Club. Yes. That means you have to fill out the Google form. Even if you pay by check, we still need you registered because that's how we get our USCA insurance. So it's very important that you fill that out. Every player does. And uh, on, on the note of, uh, of people hearing this and it being actionable, we have 28 followers and 209 total listens through our, our three episodes wow. released and yeah, now this listens, fourth one we're not, recording. Not views. Not views. That's, yeah. that's even better. <laughs> um, we will get a camera going one day. I feel like we just have to now. 
Well, we have a web. So I actually was like in the process of getting learning about podcasts and how they work on the back end. Um, found out that like YouTube is one of the biggest podcast platforms because like it's usually um, not weird for people like play a YouTube video at work or something. It was was the thought process, and so it's like, well, yeah, you have your laptop out, throw your podcast that you like listening to up, so then you're not like listening with headphones on your cell phone or something um so yeah we we maybe should and we i brought that webcam yeah we we'll webcam. have to give that a we try can just watch just watch our views just plummet after they get to see our faces yeah yeah that's <laughs> face for radio right that's exactly right. um any other club updates like, like we mentioned week one went really good even with the weather yeah if you somehow hear this in the next like before tomorrow at the 6 p.m we have open curling <laughs> So come to that. Oh, and we oh, will yeah. have a board member uh, opening up here on the curling board. Yeah, yeah. We, uh, uh, Norma's Norma, moving. Norma's moving, so she's she's out. Um, so if you're listening and uh, you are interested in uh, getting on the curling board there and helping out, um, let a board member know, I guess. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, yeah, so give us a follow. Again, if you have any input, any questions, anything you want us to discuss on the pod, you can definitely hit us up at our email at mynotcurling at gmail.com. Or just find us at mynotcurling.com. There's a good plug for the website as well. Um, yeah, and we're officially like out of our, our next episode plan, so we are looking for a new topic or a, yeah. a cool interview or something. So Yeah, yeah any ideas, show. hit us up. Uh, you know who we are probably in person if you listen as well. So feel free to uh, hit us up and let us know. Um, otherwise, who wants to take us home? Next episode, The Drag Effect. You said that once already. And I yeah, it didn't happen, but uh, well, <laughs> I got to show up to more than one in a row. First. Yeah, gosh. All right, well, uh, good episode. I think we went through a lot of good topics. Um, Nolan Axton here with you again. Bye.